Welcome to Purifying Truths with Ace Star. We have with us a gem today. Oh my goodness, Mr. Juan Carlos. Welcome to Purifying Truths. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure. Um, I just want to open up stating that, yes, you are Hispanic and you are from New York. You're from the Dominican Republic and now you live over on the West Coast. How's life treating you? <laughs> you know what? Life's pretty good. Life's pretty good. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I had no idea you know, like, you know, just, I'm just, like, I like to say all the time, I'm just a kid from the Bronx. You know what I mean? I never thought that I'd be living out, out west. And, uh, you know, every day I wake up and I'm like, this is real. This is, this is my home now. This is wow. Amazing. amazing, amazing. You know, you remind me, you know, um, J-Lo, right? Just Jenny from the block. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Just one from the Bronx. I get it. I get it. Well, welcome to Purifying Truths. I understand that you have a lot of things going on and we're going to touch bases, but I would like you just to introduce yourself to the audience. For those of you who have not heard of Juan Carlos. Yeah, no. So uh, a little bit about me. Um, like I said, I grew up in the Bronx, New York City. Uh, my family is originally from the Dominican Republic, so I used to spend my summers there. I go going there three, four times a year. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been performing all over the country. I've, uh, you know, I actually just got back from a, like a little mini tour uh, where I was uh, featuring in Boise, which was pretty cool. Um, I've opened mm. for a few people with our uh, Netflix specials, which has been pre uh, pretty awesome. So I feel my, I feel very, uh, very blessed, and uh, life is just going great. Wonderful, wonderful. It seems as though now you are living the dream. I'm sure it didn't just happen that way. Juan Carlos, please tell us. How did this all get started? How did you get inspired to be a comedian? Is this something that was always? It's funny you say that because uh, I remember my earliest memory uh, of comedy was I, I was a kid. I must have been like maybe nine years old. And uh, I stayed up a little too late, you know, uh, how you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. There is a everyone knows a lot of people know the, the kings of comedy, right? Everyone knows who they are. Mm -hmm. But my introduction was actually the Latin kings of comedy. Oh, yeah. I I forget who it was, but I think George Lopez was definitely one of the people on that. I feel like that's what it was. And um, I remember staying up watching it, and I'm like, oh wow, these guys are Latino like me, you know? Like they they they're just like, so they're telling all these jokes, and they're like all these cultural jokes. And I and I and I'm, I'm and they're like hitting me with me. Like I was like, oh, I can relate to that. Like oh, I get that joke. Like you know, and 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 I remember that was the first time I remember watching everyone laugh. And I must have been like, uh, and then I don't know. It's something that always stuck with me. I remember doing theater in high school and thinking to myself, oh, I've always wanted to do stand-up, but I kept saying, oh, I'm not funny enough. I'm not funny enough. And then one day in 2016, I, I was just like, you know what? I, I I just made myself a bet. I made myself a promise. I was like, it's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do stand-up. And I tried it for the first time. And uh, that's a story within itself, which we might not have time for. But I remember being hooked and addicted from the first time. So I've been chasing that high ever since. Wow, wow. Well, you're definitely good at what you do. And so we will definitely get into that story in just a little bit. Understanding that many comedians suffer internally. They're laughing outside, but inside they're dealing with something. So is that your case? And if so, how does comedy help you maneuver through this journey that we call life? You know, 
it's it's funny you mention that because I, I often uh, describe myself as a sad clown. Um, it, it's it's hard, right? Like uh, just the day to day. Sometimes it's uh, you know life is difficult. And it's not just for me. It's just it's, it's for everyone. I think we're all dealing with our own personal struggles. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how there are many days when I have a hard time getting up, you know, getting out of bed and going through my day and going through this. But then I walk into a room. It's full of 100 people, 20 people, 500 people, two people, whatever it is, right? And, you know, I just make them laugh. And, for and, and, and you know, for those, you know, brief 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, I I can see the tangible difference in their lives as I'm telling jokes, you know, before I go back to, you know, whatever it is with my life. And, and, and it is a daily struggle. And, and I'm not the only one. I watch, you know, many of the comedians around me also have that struggle you know and, and comedy is also i'll be honest with you it's not great for your self-esteem you know what i mean it, it, it's it's not i don't think it's necessarily the healthiest thing to deal with something where a lot of your self-esteem is based on the need of approval from you know strangers oh uh, yeah never thought of that hmm. it's interesting that you refer to yourself yeah. as the sad clown what exactly does that mean well, what it means is like, uh, I, like I was saying, I think me included and a lot of communities, like we, you know, we, we, we struggle on a day to day basis, but we kind of like bottle all that up, keep it inside in order to provide relief and laughter and happiness to others. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I mean by it. So with that being said, as the sad clown, we are in the audience and we're looking at you and we can't wait for you to come out and what's the next word that's going to come out of your mouth and it's like you feed us and it breaks my heart to hear that you're not being fed that when you leave that stage that you are the sad clown so please let's talk a little bit about that the laughter of others i believe is therapeutic for you because i know that euphoric feeling that you get when you're in front of an audience that gets you right so tell me what kind of self-help techniques or advice would you have for the audience for those that aren't comedians and they don't have that therapeutic effect that comes from speaking in front of others but they do have that sadness and dealing with day-to-day life um, first and foremost, I'm a big advocate in uh, speaking to someone, whether that's a, a professional help, like a therapist, you know, by all means, there's, there should be no shame. I feel like there's a stigma in uh, mm-hmm. our communities, um, specifically when I say our communities, I mean the BIPOC community, um, you know, against therapy, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a big advocate of it. Uh, if not therapy, then I think that you should find someone to speak to or find some sort of a healthy outlet. I feel that comedy has been my outlet. Like, I'm not saying that I use comedy as a form of therapy, but, you know, just feeling that human connection. Mm-hmm. While I'm up there for, you know, however long I'm on stage, that moment for me is special. And it, it, it is crucial because I, uh, like you were saying, you know, when I f- make that special connection with the audience, there is a, a euphoric feeling that can't be replicated. So I would recommend that people find some sort of healthy outlet or some sort of hobby, whether it's running or, you know, or I don't know, yoga. I don't know what it is, but just a healthy outlet because mental health is important. And I think it's important that we take care of ourselves. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because mental health is in everything that we do. Our perspective, how we think, plays a big part in how we act. And of course, it plays a part on our physical as well. We don't know, quote unquote, where cancer comes from, but studies show that many times it's our mental 
and how we deal with things. Yes, as they say, stress will kill you. So I love the fact that you said there's no shame. I would like to second that. And I definitely agree that if you don't have a healthy outlet, seek help. There's no shame in going to therapy, counseling, etc. So pivoting a little, I can't imagine you ever having self-doubt thinking that you weren't good enough. You know, as I look at some of your clips, I'm like, wow. So let's talk a little bit about your first experience on stage. I'm sure you were nervous. And when you got that first applause. Yeah. So I remember my very first time. So I was working, uh, I was working in New York City at this like, uh, at this company down on Wall Street in New York, right? I remember I was uh, so I had been going through training with uh, mm-hmm. with a bunch of people from all over the country. We're going to training like you know how it is. It's like uh, you go into corporate America and like you're all suits and like suit and tie, like really stuffy situation. Mm-hmm. Not funny at all. And uh, because these people were from all over, they had asked me after work. They're like, "What are you doing?" I remember it was like on a Wednesday. I said, "Oh, I'm just gonna go to this bar to check something out." They're like, "Can we come?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Come with me." So they kind of followed me to this bar. And it, it, it was an open mic that I was really checking out. And like, we're there. And as I'm hanging out, the host of the open mic comes up to me. And he's like, hey, um, do you want to get up there? And I was like, no, maybe next week. And like, one of them overheard me. And they're like, you're going to get up? You're going to do comedy? And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. This is not happening. This is not a thing. But Anywho, they were like, all right, well, if you're going to do it, we're coming next week. We're, we're going to come. We're going to be here. I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't happening. So as I'm leaving, so a week passes by, right? And as I'm leaving work, right, I really wasn't going to do it. But there are like 16 or 20 people just waiting for me by the elevator. And they're like, come on, let's go. You said that you were going to do this. And I was oh, like, wow. I don't know about all that. I'm like, nope, you said you were going to do it. You have to do it. So they like, uh, they follow me and they kind of like, I don't want to say force me, but you know what I mean? They highly encourage me to get onto the train and we go down to this bar and I'm rolling into this tiny, tiny bar that probably comfortably fits about 20 people. And I'm rolling in like 25 deep or something like that. (laughs) So we packed this bar out and I went up there and I remember I told what were really, really bad jokes. Like, I, like looking back on it, they were like a lot of them weren't even funny because I didn't know how to write a joke properly. I didn't know how to deliver a proper punchline. And it's just, I remember getting up there and um, telling jokes and being so nervous about what was only a five minute set and like blowing through all my jokes in like two and a half minutes. And it was just, it was an experience. But that first laugh, I, I tell you, I, I, I can't even begin to explain it. Like that first laugh, when it hit and you make a room full of people laugh, it's, it's, it, there's this just feeling that it's indescribable. It's just, it is, euphoric is literally the only word I can think of to describe mm-hmm. what it feels. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. Well, I am very grateful for your peers, co-workers that pushed you to share your gift because truly comedy is a gift. It enlightens and changes the lives of so many. It's just like music. You know, you're having a kind of down day and you're like, ah, and then you turn on the radio or you turn on a podcast or you listen to someone telling jokes and it literally changes the atmosphere which changes the person's mood so Juan I thank you for your courage and now you already know you got it but I'm so grateful for those that pushed you so understanding that you're Latino you're from the Dominican Republic let's talk a little bit about colorism in the Latino community yeah so it's funny because uh 
it's, it's interesting. Race is uh, is something that that I that I talk about often, and and I think it's very important that we touch on these points because I feel like um, you know it's very easy to just simplify um, it to like oh you're Latino or you're black, and it's like it's not it's neither it's both. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's something that's very important. And I I feel like me personally, like I do experience a lot of colorism and racism in the Latino community. You know, things such as, like, you know, if you look at TV and, and, you know, they show you a Latino person, it's very, very rarely someone who looks like me. It's always someone who either looks uh, very indigenous or what people, many people will associate with the quote-unquote Mexican look, which, by the way, is problematic within itself because Mexicans are also, a, you know, a very mixed country with a mm-hmm. wide array of what people look like. Or they're super light-skinned, you know what I mean? Someone who's white-passing, but they get to be Latino. Whereas oftentimes people like me, we're told that, uh, you know, that we're not Latino enough. Or, you know, we have to describe ourselves differently or, you know, it's just all these problematic. Also, people will look at me and treat me as if I don't speak Spanish, as if Spanish isn't the language that I learned how to speak first, often because of the color of my skin. And I I just want to, like, I think representation is important. And that's one of the many reasons that I continue to pursue this. And I will continue to want visibility because I want Latinos who look like me to understand that they should be able to feel comfortable in their skin and, you know, proudly be as Latino or not Latino as they want. At this point, you know, it's their choice, it's their culture, mm-hmm. and no one should be able to define them. So I think uh, representation is important, and it's something that I will always speak up about because I do feel that things are changing, and they're changing in a positive direction, and I want to be a part of that change. Absolutely, absolutely. I, um, being a black female, had no idea of colorism being experienced in the Latino community, because of course, in the black community, we have that. And I see the similarities now that you've brought it up, certainly applaud you for being that one that represents and advocates for those Latinos that maybe won't use their voice or aren't quite ready to use it as of yet, letting them know that it is okay. I remember being super young and the Cosby's came out. Now we're going to leave out what's going on in the news now with Bill. But the fact that I saw someone on TV that wasn't playing a killer, a robber, that he had a black wife, it was like, you know, well, maybe, maybe. And no, I'm not looking to be um, in movies and theater, but it gave me hope in the maybe I could fill in anything because Bill did it. Theo did it. And so I love the fact that now others can say Juan Carlos did it. So I salute you and applaud you for that. Would like to also talk a little bit about your jokes, because many times it looks as though you may be ashamed of your heritage or you're poking fun at your culture. But please explain to us exactly what your intent is and why you do what you do. So oftentimes when I write a joke, right, my goal is to get across some sort of message or some sort of point, and I try to shroud it in humor so that I can break down walls because I feel like people are more receptive and less defensive when they're laughing at a topic now. They may not always get it, but they're more willing to listen. Um, and I and I, I do try to write jokes that have uh, levels to it, right? Like there's the initial mm-hmm. level where it's like if you kind of get it, you're like, okay, that's silly, that's stupid. And then there's a lot, uh, a much deeper level um, for example, for example, I uh, I have this joke um, where I talk about um, baseball. You know, I was like, I say often on stage, like, if you know, uh, I'm Dominican, 
for those of you guys who don't know what Dominicans are, uh, we're the black guys who play for the Yankees, right? <laughs> and on its on its face, it's just a silly joke. But really, what I'm what I'm what I'm talking about, if you like, if you break it down to the core, what is how, you know, the Dominican Republic is being used uh, as almost as like a farm system. It, and I don't want to call it a modern day slave trade or anything like that because that's a little extreme. But you know, these kids are being brought over with no regard for them. You know, most of them don't make it. If we're being quite honest, and you know, if you look, mm. at the percentage, you know, what I mean, they're taking us like. You know, they're taken and abused, and, you know, once they're hurt, they're tossed aside as if they have no value or no worth. It's disrupting mm-hmm. their educational opportunities because they need to spend their time focusing on baseball because they think that that's their only way out of the island. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most, you know, some of these guys, you know, if you've ever gone through the minor league system, it's rough. It's not an easy life by any means. People think that they're making all this money, but they're really not. And then they have to support their family on very little while paying rent here and supporting them. You know, it's a very difficult life. Mm -hmm. Once you make it to the majors, you know, I mean, people think, oh, then you're rich. I'm like, well, not exactly either, because the average athlete, you know, makes it to the majors in the last three, four years, you know, and they're making the major league minimum, which is like 500, 600 K whilst, you know, uh, in a short amount of material, which but while being in a very high tax bracket and trying to send money back to the, you know what I'm saying? And there's all these that people aren't addressing. So me with, so I make the simple joke, people laugh, but really I'm like, hey, no, 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 like, I want you to look at this. There's so many Dominicans who are here. Let's celebrate the ones who've made it. And then let's also talk about the ones who have gone through the struggle and endured and now, you know, have to figure out what is life without baseball. Because imagine dedicating 15, 18, 20 years to something, not having it work out, out, and then you have to develop other skills. You see what I'm saying? It Mm -hmm. does a lot on your mental. It does a lot for, uh, it it does a a number on your self-esteem. It's just, it's a lot. Oh my goodness, you said a mouthful. Juan Carlos, it is amazing how you take that comedy and put that twist on it to bring awareness. Because many times things like this doesn't make the six o'clock news. You know, this isn't what you see when you go on social media, but it is most important as so many want to focus on mental health. They don't focus on how the person got to this particular stage where they're depressed or they're suffering with anxiety and things of that nature. I love the fact that the way that you dig deep and certainly that is beneficial beneficial not just to the audience but i'm sure to you knowing that your work is meaningful no absolutely it it, it does there is some sense of relief because um i i can honestly say that when i go out there i don't punch down and i really am just trying to build up and i hope that's how it comes across to everyone always Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well again like i told you i was so amazed that you are Latino and a comedian and you look like me. Wow. So what what is he about? What does he do? You know, and understanding that um, my background is from the Northeast as well. And I have not been to the Dominican Republic, but I have several friends that have, and I have several friends that are every type of Hispanic, but to see the fact that quote unquote, you made it. I am proud for you, even though I am not Latino. I understand your cause. I see that you've been through and I respect your pain and your courage in doing what you do. Tell me, what do you have coming up next, Juan Carlos? Yeah, um, 
the uh, next thing that I'm working on is uh, I'm putting together a, I'm co-putting together with an organization um, a, a storytelling show all in Spanish um, you know it's going to be based around science so that's something I'm really excited about because we'll be putting it together in the New York City area so I'm really excited about that and then in addition to that I have a uh, a few tours out in the wine country of uh, the state of Washington so I'll be doing a few shows out there and just like honestly and uh, I'm in the background I'm like taking acting classes so I'm hope hopefully within the next two three years you'll be seeing me on your on your screens more often maybe on your little screen first because that's where I'd really like to be but we'll see what happens Yes, yes. Well, absolutely wish you the very best in all that you do. Please tell the audience that would like to maybe connect with you and follow you and go on this journey with you. How can they keep abreast of things? Sure. I'm probably most active on Instagram, which is Juan Carlos Comedy, but I also have a TikTok, Juan Carlos Comedy, and uh, a Twitter, J Carlos Comedy. Um, but yeah, please follow me on Instagram. Send me a message. I'm pretty down to earth. I will respond to most people <laughs> yes yes well it has been a pleasure um having you on purifying truths for those of you that love what you've heard and would like to connect trust me juan is a gem and juan carlos on instagram juan carlos comedy please give him a follow please make sure that you encourage him we want him to be the happy clown and not the sad clown <laughs> indeed well once again i thank you for joining us on purifying truths oh absolutely thank you for having me this has been a blast wonderful my pleasure my pleasure and thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. You too can connect with A-Star. Instagram and Facebook at Facets of A-Star. Tune in every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for exciting new guests who illuminate the world in the various facets of life. Shine bright.